May I speak in the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Blessing is something that Christians and many other people do a great deal. There are formal blessings in churches, like the one that we'll be having at the end of our service today. There are quick bless yous when someone sneezes. There are more thought out blessings in speech and emails. I have one colleague in India whose standard email signature is blessings before his name. We bless people, animals, food, even cars and much more. And we also talk about blessing God. At the start of his letter to the Ephesian church, the Apostle Paul is encouraging his readers to pause, to reflect for a moment on all that God has blessed them with. That although they are little, insignificant group of Christians from a small town in the Roman Empire, they are blessed because they are at the very heart of God's plans for the world. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. When I was a curate and living in Bradford, I used to spend my days off mountain biking in the Yorkshire Dales. I always thought it was a bit odd to call it mountain biking, but I suppose dale biking didn't have quite the same ring to it. And sometimes I would reach the higher points and discover the most spectacular views right across the Yorkshire landscape. And occasionally I'd just have to stop and survey what was before me, the high open moors and big skies, the wandering dry stone walls, the grimy mill towns, the snug stone villages. It was impossible to race through without pausing from time to time to take it all in. The idea of God blessing in creation is there right from the start of the Old Testament. In the Genesis account of creation, God pronounces blessings on the birds and sea creatures. He blesses humankind and he blesses the seventh day as a day of rest, the time needed to pause, to take it all in. The Hebrew word for blessing is baraka, and the root of that word is to bow the knee. The idea of us bowing the knee in worship makes sense. But interestingly, God, as it were, bows the knee towards us as he blesses us, if you take it literally. So there's something of divine grace even in creation itself. Baraka is also a strong theme within Islam, especially in a Sufism, a kind of continuity of spiritual presence that begins with God and flows through creation and those closest to God. So God is constantly blessing in creation, in all that is happening in the earth. And this is a theme that runs right the way through the Old Testament and is picked up in the Psalms. Psalm 67 is just one example. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. But then as the scriptures move on, there is the theme of God blessing us in covenant. And the first covenant that emerges is made with Noah in the story of the flood and in the sign of the rainbow. God makes a promise that he will continue to renew his blessing on all creation, not just with human beings, but with every living creature. 
Next, we have the covenant of blessing with Abraham. And this is the great turning point in the history of God's dealing with humankind. Abraham's descendants will become a great nation. They will prosper and be an example of God's blessing to all families and all nations and all peoples. When we get to the New Testament, the picture that is built up is a Trinitarian one. God the Father blesses us in Christ through the work of the Holy Spirit. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Any chorister hearing those words will inevitably hear them against the background of the music of Samuel Sebastian Wesley, the Victorian organist and composer, the grandson of the Methodist hymn writer Charles Wesley. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, Samuel Wesley took the same word, but from the first chapter of Peter's letter. It's a wonderful anthem, which I used to sing as a boy myself, which surprises us in the middle of it with this dominant chord thundering from the organ before the choir sing, but the word of the Lord endureth forever. It's that word, says Paul to the Ephesians, that existed before the foundation of the world and that will sustain all things forever. And so there's cause for great celebration. And when this is combined with great music, as is the case in cathedrals and churches up and down the country, we can feel truly blessed. It's worth reflecting on the strength in our own day of the Anglican musical tradition, frequently so much stronger now than in past years. We are truly blessed and Paul's prayer spills over into one long expression of praise. God has adopted us as his children, so we are his heirs, his sons and his daughters. He has reconciled us to God in Christ. He has brought about forgiveness of ourselves in Christ. As we go on, he has reconciled Jew and Gentile. He has broken down all the barriers of relationship which existed he has transformed them completely in Christ. This is God's blessing, the complete restoration of everything he ever intended for humanity and for the whole of creation. It's difficult to bless God ourselves unless we grasp first how much God has blessed us. We cannot easily bless others unless we realize how blessed we are and how determined God is to keep blessing the whole of creation. God blesses us in creation. He blesses us in the covenants he has made. And all of these find their fulfillment in the great blessing that he has given to us all in Jesus Christ. And so as we come to receive the Eucharist this morning, let us call to mind the great blessings we have received. And let us leave this place determined to walk in God's ways and to live in the light of such blessing. Amen.